Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. I'm Ben Jacobson. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by my colleague, Pastor Paul Ninus. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, hey there, Pastor Ben. Hey, we're glad to have you on. We're going to switch gears a little bit now for the course of the summer. So we've been walking through the, the story of Scripture, and we've gone through Genesis and Exodus and, and into, uh, well, we kind of skipped over most of Leviticus, but then we jumped into Numbers, and so we were there for a while. But we're going to take a pause on that, and we'll pick it up later so that we can get through the whole arc of Scripture. But for the summer, we are going to be spending some time in the Psalms. The Psalms of Summer. Psalms of Summer. So we're excited about that, and we're going to start today. And there's no better place to start than the very beginning logical. So we're going to start with Psalm 1. Over the course of the summer, of course, there's 150 psalms, so we won't hit all of them, but we're going to pick some of our favorites, and I think we're going to actually pick some that are pretty challenging, too. So, you know, some of the psalms are, they're very deep, and they're, they they tear at the heart, and uh, so we're not going to shy away from that. I think it's important that as readers of Scripture that we go deep, because that's where God goes with us. I think one of my professors said that Martin Luther once commented the entirety of Scripture is found in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. That all the themes that are throughout the rest of the Bible can be found in the Psalms. Wow. The Gospel's there, Jesus is there, laments there, praise is there. Yeah. Creation. So we'll see it all. Yeah. We'll see it all as we... So in some ways even though we're pausing from the whole narrative arc of Scripture, we're actually going to get it right here as we read these psalms. The first one is actually, it's one of my favorite psalms, and it's actually one of my favorite pieces of Scripture, and I think it's one of your favorites too, Paul. Um, It's just a really good way to open up Scripture. If you're ever wondering, where should I start reading Scripture? I'd say Psalm 1 is a pretty good place to begin. Yeah, are you going to read it? I am going to read it. But first, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. So the question is this. Um, this psalm is going to talk about the trees being planted by water. Have you, uh, it's summertime and good time to plant. Have you ever had a failed attempt at planting something? Yes. Actually, preaching on this psalm, I brought in an apple tree mm-hmm. once, like, you know, one of those eight-foot trees you get in a pot, mm-hmm. and I was so excited that I was going to go out to a place where I hunt and plant this apple tree alongside some other apple trees in a little apple orchard uh, that my friend has, and uh, planted it, put the good dirt on it, watered it, all those things, and uh, it didn't last one season. It died. Bummer. So apparently I don't have much of a green thumb. It didn't root deeply. No, it did not root <laughs> deeply. I probably screwed something up. <laughs> Along the way, I just didn't get it right. So I was bummed, though. I wanted to eat an apple off of that tree someday, but it didn't come to fruition. Oh, <laughs> we did not plan that. Um, that's a good one. Yep. All right, Psalm 1. We're going to take it from the beginning. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked 
or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So Paul, what, what does you hear that as we read that? What stands out to you or what are some of the phrases, words, things that... Yeah, so this psalm actually, as we look at our core value that we have at our church and we look at this podcast and why we do the adult Bible studies that we do is based on this psalm mm-hmm. uh, to be deeply rooted because there's this powerful metaphor here of a person who is like a tree that's planted by these streams of water that roots deep and bears fruit. And that is simply a, a powerful metaphor for why we are doing what we're doing. Because we believe that rooting deep in the Word of God, uh, making that part of our life, reading God's Word, studying it, understanding it, reflecting on it, praying through that, brings meaning in life, brings purpose in life, brings character in life. It, it makes us strong, mm-hmm. and it bears fruit in this world. It makes us less about ourselves, right? It makes us useful. As, as Christians. So uh, love this psalm, and, and it's foundational, I think, not just to under, you know launching the psalms, but also foundational a metaphor for understanding the purpose of the study of, of Scripture. And there's lots of little points in here mm-hmm. that are cool. Yeah, there's that thing about, you know, being a tree that's planted deep, roots that go deep when when the wind comes, when the storms come. Right. Uh the tree that is rooted deeply will will be able to withstand that because it's grafted into something that's much bigger than itself, which is really what we do when we open God's word. I think I love the the fact that here we are at the the opening of the Psalms and and it's almost like the the psalmist is is pointing us to two different paths, right? There's the yep. path of of walking with God, standing with God sitting with God, doing all of, of life with God, and then there's the path of, of not. Uh, the wicked. And, it, and, and the path of the wicked, right, is, is the path that is a life without God. And, and there, right here at the beginning of, of the Psalms is these two paths, and it's almost, if you choose to keep reading, then you're choosing the path that God has laid before you. Right. Is it's it, an invitation. It, Come deeper into what's to follow here. And is it is it worthwhile to you? Here's why it's it's worthwhile to you. Um, because it will benefit your life. It will bear fruit in your life. I remember a uh, number of years ago, before I was senior pastor, the senior pastor at the time here at Hope, you used to always ask the question, why? You know, why mm-hmm. why has God worked in this place? What is the Holy Spirit up to? Why? Why has God blessed uh, our congregation, um, or, or any other congregation for that matter? Why, why does this happen? And he would relent at that 
that question. So uh, some of us associates went around, and we would just ask everybody that. Hmm. And one of our uh, elder members, a founding member of our congregation, uh, was asked that question, and she just had this brilliant answer. And she said, because at the core of this congregation are people who are deeply rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ and absolutely sold out for it. Mm. Sold out for it. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, talented pastors. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear that, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, you know, that we had the right resources or the right youth ministry strategy or any of those things that we pour over and ponder and stress out about. It was because of this deep rootedness. And I think a healthy tree is both. It's deeply rooted, right? I think when you see those images of a tree when they're pulled out of the dirt, the root structure goes forever. Mm-hmm. The root structure is sometimes bigger than the canopy, mm-hmm. but both are important. Mm-hmm. You need to be deeply rooted, but also bear fruit in season. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that outreach, the canopy, the fruit, of what we do, that we're useful in this world as followers of Jesus Christ, super important. But if a church or a person is not also simultaneously rooted deep in God's word and who God is, then then that that's going to fail. The storm, like you said, the storm will come, mm-hmm. the wind will come, the flood will come, and it, it knocks right over. Spirit, the word of God is spiritual food. For our souls, right, and it's yeah. the source of of true life. Yeah, um, and that's what I, I love about this psalm. He says, "Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night." I, I love that idea that we delight in the law of the Lord. First, a couple things to understand here is when the psalmist was writing, Scripture for them was the Torah. Mm-hmm. And the, the word law here means Torah, which was the first, uh, you know, the, the Old Testament. Uh, what they would have had is their collection of sacred Scriptures at this time. It probably wasn't even fully combined into what we know as our Old Testament today. But that, that was the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we read this in light of New Testament understanding and in light of Jesus Christ, the law is is the f- the full teaching of scripture and and it, it says that we're to delight in that and meditate on that I, I think about that do you delight in reading god's word i think for many of us perhaps reading the bible may seem like a chore or something we're obligated to do or a lot of people i'll talk to about reading scripture and the, it, you know it's like well, once my dentist asked me if I floss every day, <laughs> and I, I had a quick response. I said, well, do you read your Bible every day? And he said, touche, right? But it was this idea that this is something we, we have to accomplish in order to do the right thing as a, a Christian or a follower of Christ. But that's not it, right? The Word of God is a gift. It's, it's a blessing in our lives. And so it's not something we have to do, right? It's something we, we get to do, and we're to delight in it. It's to be our joy. It's to be our privilege uh, to read God's Word. And I think that that happens. I don't know where that happened in my life, but it switched from you know reading Scripture because I felt religiously obligated to do it, that God might you know mm-hmm. look down on me if I don't do the right things uh, or, or love me less, 
to understand that God loves me completely already in Jesus Christ. Now, this is a gift that he's given me to walk in this life in great stature, uh, in great character, in great integrity. But then it also says this word meditate, which the, the Hebrew word there is hagah. And, it, and meditate actually means like to mumble or, or growl out loud. And, and so the word of God, you actually read differently than other books. You, you ruminate over it. You, 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 you speak it out loud. You commit it to memory. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I, I like the idea that to read God's word, you chew on it. Somebody said it's like to meditate means to chew on. Mm-hmm. That it's something that we, we really, we may read it very slowly. So often, the other things that we read in this world, we read to comprehend mm-hmm. quickly so to that we finish. can regurgitate it in a test to finish yep. it. Yep. But the Word of God is something we delight in. We just savor the moment in God's Word. And that's that's cool to think about. So what do you think gets, you know, there is an erosion, I think, of the biblical, of Bible reading in our culture. Um, right. More and more people close a Bible for the last time every day um what do you think gets in the way of of being able to not just read it but to do that deep ruminating meditating soaking in the word of god right i heard a story once and i don't know if it's true or not it was one of those preaching illustrations about some russian leader or prince that was arrested in prison for life and they put him in a tower and he was in a cell in isolation all by himself with a, with a Bible. And they thought the Bible would be, you know, restorative to him, that he'd find Jesus or all those types of things. But when they, when they finally let this guy out of his cell, he died, and they opened it up. He had, he had read through this Bible multiple times, but all he had done was, like, check how many times this word was there or that, you know, it was simply an analytical thing. Mm-hmm. There was no fruit of faith And really, I think, you know, when you look at statistics on Bible reading in our culture, yeah, they're going down less than, I think, 50% of Americans read their Bible. Um, Only about maybe 9% read it daily, Mm -hmm. Um, according to LifeWay research and some other things. I was looking at some research by Pew Research. Kind of depends on region and depends on age and it depends on denominational background, all those things. But Bible engagement is, is certainly going down. Well, that's just a reflection of the engagement of Christianity in our culture. We, we see in our culture, our culture is becoming more secular. Mm-hmm. There's the rise of, of the religious nuns, people who have no faith background. Um, I've heard it said this way uh, in another podcast I was listening to by Timothy Keller, that inherited faith is dying. Mm-hmm. And so this generational faith that was passed down from generation to generation in our in our culture in the United States, dying. Mm-hmm. It's just not not happening. Where you know my parents were a Christian, my grandparents were Christian, so I'm a Christian, so I'll read the Bible. Those assumptions are just completely out the window. So it's it we're not going to read Scripture with any meaning or any purpose until faith exists. I wonder too if just from a very practical sense, people don't know where to begin. Sure, it's intimidating. Um, there's a lot of stuff that, words that 
don't hear other places, words that you don't use in your daily life, places in Scripture that you've never been. You know, it's it can seem so foreign, right, to us. Well, it's it's a book like any other book. It's actually a book full of books, sixty six books written over about twenty eight hundred years uh, by forty different authors, inspired by God, put together. So understanding Scripture in its collective entirety takes training. Yeah. Takes study. Yeah. It takes study. You can't do that by yourself individually. We need to lean on the history that we have and understand scripture and how to read it. And I think that's one of our hopes of what we do here. It's just teaching people to slow down, to know that it's okay to ask questions as you read scripture. It's okay to have questions, even those of us with training, right? especially maybe those of us with training, uh, have questions when we read scripture and and that's okay. That's, we, we talk about that together. And, and uh, what I hope that our listeners would know is, is that, and many of them probably do, but what this Psalm says, there is delight there. There is joy there in doing this. And so if you're sort of on the fence or you're wondering where to jump in, uh, just begin. Right. Just begin and and let let Scripture do what it does. And, the, and I think the thing to say, that delight's not always fun. Hmm. Yeah. You know, the Word of God uh, is like a mirror. As we read it, it reads us. And so sometimes the delight is very painful, mm-hmm. meaning that it shows us parts of ourselves and our sinfulness and our brokenness that need to die, that, that are not okay. And the delight in that is that it, it convicts us so that we can run to God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We can run to his mercy. To, to the new life that comes in him. Uh, what is your personal approach to rooting deeply? What does that look like in your life? Sure. Uh, I would say in my best moments, I wouldn't say I always get this perfect. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm one of my things in life, I'm, I'm a bit, I don't know what the word would be. Sometimes I'm a bit scattered mm. uh, in, in, in terms of just, you know, not a highly disciplined. Some people, I have a friend who's so highly disciplined with his reading of God's word. He has alarms that go off, and he reads it from this time to that time and mm-hmm. all those types of things. I tend to live a life a little more spontaneously. It's just kind of how I am, a little more creative, a little more artistic. Uh, but I have found, however, that setting a daily time, uh, so the morning, mm-hmm. getting up, having a plan, I'm gonna, you know, I'm doing this Bible study or I'm reading through that, getting into God's Word, uh, typically having a journal, some notepads, something I can write down. Uh, writing my thoughts down are very important to me because if I just keep it in my brain, I find my brain, brain goes 10,000 miles per hour. And, mm-hmm. and so the act of having to physically slow down and write my thoughts or what God might be speaking through this, really, really important. Accountability is important. So I have a, a couple friends that I've met to, with mm-hmm. for 15 plus years now. Wow. Weekly. Wow. Uh, to pray with and to hold me accountable to that, that faith process. We, we do studies together. And so I think reading scripture as a community, really, really important, right? Just like anything else. Mm-hmm. If you try to do it by yourself, it doesn't work. So I would encourage you, you know, if you're married, read it with your spouse. 
you know, if you have kids, read it with your with your family, with your kids. Find find a small group, find a friendship connection, find a Bible study. Uh, if you're not here in our community, you know, if you're here in Fargo, you can come to our deeply rooted study. Um, or if you're not, find a local church where you can plug in. Find a virtual reading community. Mm-hmm. Just some order some structure to keep you accountable to us. Yeah. When we started, um, you mentioned how Martin Luther had said that that the entirety of Scripture is contained in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Um, In this Psalm in particular, Psalm 1, where is it that you see Jesus? How does this Psalm point us to who Jesus is? Right. Well, um, Actually, very specifically for me, uh, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. So why streams of water? Why does it just say water? Mm. Well, streams are moving and they're living. So you can think of this in multiple ways, like an irrigation canal Mm -hmm. where the water is moving, or you could think of it as a river or a creek. Stagnant water is dead water. Mm -hmm. So why is a dead sea called the dead sea? Uh, Our dead sea in the United States is the great salt lake because they have inlets so water flows into them but there's no outlet Hmm. so it just sits yeah and so over the eons water has come in and the only way out is to evaporate and so the mineral content of the water is raised the alkaline Mm -hmm. uh, ness of the lake and it just becomes a dead place Hmm. and so streams are moving they're living right it's living water well Jesus talked about that, living water. You know, he was at, at the woman at the well in the middle of the day talking about the Messiah mm-hmm. that is to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you water that you'll drink from and you'll never thirst again. Mm-hmm. Right? That the Jesus Christ is uh, the living water uh, and also the word of God, John's gospel. You know, in the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. And so he is the fulfillment of Scripture. He is the entirety of Scripture, the, the law and gospel, grace and truth in there. And he is our, our living water. So when we're rooting deep, it's not just being super proficient at reading your Bible every day and studying God's word as a group and as a Christian and understanding all the ins and outs in the history and the original languages and all this stuff, right? It's not head knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's it's a personal relationship with God as he's revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. As we understand God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? But ultimately, God's revelation to us and who he is in Jesus, who is the living water. Don't go through for life. For our souls. Don't go through life thirsty. Right. Don't go through life thirsty for what God can provide to you because it's it's an empty place without him. Right, and I, and, I, and I think that this is the important thing to understand. We can go through life, and, and often we chase after these things that we think are going to satisfy. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis talked about this, that we chase after the perfect marriage or we chase after you know the best vacation the best experiences or the best possessions or you know these experience with our kids searching for meaning mm-hmm. 
But even when we have the best of what the world has to offer, Solomon had everything. Mm-hmm. You come to a point and you say, it's just all, it's all vanity. Mm-hmm. It's all meaningless. Is there anything that is truly fulfilling under the sun? Which, which tells us that uh, as humans, we, we are meant for meaning-making. The desire is not wrong. The desire for something more to life, the desire for life that's significant, that matters, the desire for to be loved and to experience beauty, to experience joy, to experience all the best that creation has to offer, that's a desire God put in us. I believe it. But ultimately, we, we all will come to a point in life where we realize this world can't give it to us. That the only thing that can is the only the one that's holy, that's set apart and, and separate, uh, and and that's God. And the and the gift that we are given, the way that we know God, is this thing called the Bible. That reminds me of something that Augustine said, who was a thinker about God a long time ago. But he said he said it very beautifully. He said, "Our heart, our hearts are restless." until they find their rest in thee. Right. We have restless hearts until we find rest in God. And the Psalms are going to invite us into that. And so over the next weeks as we explore, we're going to see how the Psalms speak to the broken parts of our lives. They speak to the places of thanksgiving in our lives. They speak to the praises that we hold in our hearts. They, they speak to the laments. The Psalms are, are a place where we can sing, where we can pray, where we can rejoice. It, it, it's the, entire, the entirety of human emotion, I think, is found here in the Psalms. And, and so I'm really excited about what, what we're going to find as it, we peel they, they away. Were, what we do know is the Psalms were part of the worshiping life of Israel, of the Hebrew people. They were songs. They were poetry. They were things that were publicly read, that were, you know, we come together, we sing songs, we read scripture, we hear a sermon. The Psalms were, in some way, their hymnody. We don't, I wish I could go back. You know, someday, maybe we'll be able to see how, what was the, what was the music that originally played behind Psalm 23? Or Psalm one, right? How do, how did they sing this? How did they how did they play the song, right? So, so in that way, the psalms, just like worship songs are for us today, they're prayers that we sing. And so th- this is psalms. I love the psalms because it's language of the soul. And and they're they're prayers that we can sing. They're prayers that we can read. And we can have as a way to express all the myriad of human emotions from lament to to joy Mm -hmm. to God together. That's really cool. It's amazing. And we're going to find that out in the weeks to come. And so for those who are listening today, I'm going to end you with, with that third verse of Psalm 1 again. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I want to invite you to 
come back to listen again next week, to like, to share, to subscribe, uh, so that other folks can can join in with what we're doing and who can find that delight that, that we find as we read Scripture together. And in the meantime, stay deeply rooted. Amen.